Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get your fix on the morning spiel right here on 1033 WKMZ. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone in the state of West Virginia not currently familiar with what's going on with the WVU men's basketball program. Six weeks ago, we were talking, and talking with our next guest, in fact, about what exactly is going to come next following the rather shocking radio interview then-head coach Bob Huggins gave to a Cincinnati radio station. Uh, One that got him in a fair bit of trouble resulted in a reworked contract, a suspension, uh, loss of dollars that would ultimately be donated. And uh, the Mountaineers, uh, the program, Athletic Director Ren Baker ultimately decided not to fire Bob Huggins and, and in many respects gave him a second lease on life. So six weeks later, the news... I think for this reason, shocked even more that Bob Huggins had been arrested and charged with not just a DUI driving under the influence, but the the nature of the allegations in the criminal complaint itself uh, are, are rather alarming. And it took just 24 hours. It actually took less than 24 hours. But Bob Huggins, a- after that uh, arrest, no longer the head coach at WVU, and for the first time in almost a decade and a half, the Mountaineers will be searching for a new head coach for the basketball program. We now bring on Mike Osti, host of the Mike Drop Podcast, managing editor at WV Sports Now. Mike, uh, needless to say, not the Father's Day weekend you were probably expecting. No, my, my first Father's Day weekend as a father also but I was still able to have a great day and a great weekend. But yes, Bob Huggins did force me to do some work on a Father's Day weekend that I was planning to be off, which is very difficult in journalism. But no, I, I, I can't have a day. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's it's true that, you know, we're never expecting this. And I, I was uh, listening to Three Guys Before the Game, which is the podcast that uh, Tony Caridi and, and Hoppy Kirchwell and Brad Howe do, and uh, they popped in on a Sunday. I mean, it just felt like everybody was going all hands on deck over over the weekend. And it's hard to know even where to begin with this story because it. it I would describe this. You, you wake up Saturday morning, and it's kind of like being punched in the face by the news. Yeah, although it was more, at least for those of us, maybe covering this and more in the know, it was more of kind of a gut punch Friday evening. And then Friday evening, it was a gut punch of colleagues texting and all of us around the the scene of Pittsburgh or West Virginia kind of saying, hey, I heard this, but is this true? It almost was unbelievable because as you alluded to, if this was any other time, because Bob Huggins, Everyone knows the story. He originally put Cincinnati basketball on the map. He took them to a Final Four. He had Kenyon Martin there. They became a national powerhouse. He already arguably had a Hall of Fame resume just on what he did in the 90s with Cincinnati. And that ended very unceremoniously because of a DUI then. And as I've put out there in my coverage, it's very unfortunate now for Bob Huggins' legacy, and we'll see how WU handles this, because that was so stained in controversy when he left Cincinnati, but it took them hours to even put a tweet up on Twitter congratulating him for the Basketball Hall of Fame. He hadn't been back there in decades, 
until they finally honored the 92 Final Four team like two years ago. So that was how that ended. And, okay, we knew the DUI story. Everyone who's covered him and been around him knows that Bob Huggins certainly can have some fun, but he's had a personal driver to avoid that happening again. And then as you touched on what we've all talked about, what happened six weeks ago that really would have probably got anybody else fired if they weren't the legend that Bob Huggins is in West Virginia and at WVU. So everybody was kind of initially thinking, this cannot be true. He would not do this right after getting a stay of execution. This probably will be his last year, but he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't be this dumb. His friends wouldn't let him do this. His driver that he pays a lot of money to would certainly be driving him if he has to be in Pittsburgh. And no, it eventually Saturday morning then came out that it was true. Robert Huggins is Bob Huggins that we all know and many love. And then it just unraveled from there being so, so bad because we knew it was him at the UI that probably was enough to have to have the program move on or he would resign. But then when you hear he didn't know he was even in Pittsburgh, he thought he was in Columbus recruiting. He had a black hole level of well over two. He had beer cans in the car. And this is off the police report. I obviously wasn't there. And that he was alone. There are some that say he was with friends who... I love to. There's more to learn that we might learn 10 years from now on why he eventually was left alone by people that are supposedly friends of his. If he was with people or if he was alone, why he had to be there, why he didn't have a driver doing this on the night of Taylor Swift, where she was there back to back weekends in Pittsburgh. I live in Pittsburgh. Certainly everyone knows that, just like covering WVU. And the city was more packed than it has ever been, even for a Steelers weekend or for the backyard brawl. I mean, it was crazy down there. So for him to be driving there off of, from Morgantown all the way there with 79 and then Taylor Swift craziness for two days, an attendance record, people from all over the world. It's amazing this didn't end worse with either Bob or somebody else being seriously injured or killed based on what we've learned from the report. And then it was that he resigned rather than get fired. And that ended the Bob Huggins legacy, which... I'm sure at some point, and obviously former players, fans, etc., are trying to appreciate all the good that he did do, and he did a lot of good. It'll get appreciated, but I don't think anybody, and I put this actually in a commentary that I wrote on WB Sports Now yesterday that's still on the site featured, that I truly believe this, Alex. Bob Huggins is so beloved, despite kind of a roller coaster ride of a past, because I think he's one of those people in sports that, you know, we kind of do appreciate, this is kind of what Brett Favre was before kind of going off the rails a couple of years ago, that, you know, it's, there's greatness, but there's admitted addiction, there's a roller coaster ride, there, there's, there's problems. So we kind of, that's life, that's everybody. You kind of can appreciate somebody like that, that's just a normal Joe that ended up becoming a Hall of Famer. And I honestly believe, Bob, if he called Jeff Cable, the head coach of Pitt, who loves the man and waxed poetic on him before the backyard brawl at 2 a.m. in Pittsburgh and said, hey, Jeff, I'm coaching your rival, but I'm here and I need a ride home, I feel believe Jeff Cable would have picked him up. This, this could have been avoided. Yeah, it's, it's an, again, in many ways, despite Bob Huggins' past, 
uh, despite his career. And again, there has obviously been a bit of a reputation. But even then, I, I hate oh, I hated ever speculating because that was always the type of stuff where it was like always right. that kind of, you know, wor- word of mouth kind of thing where it'd be like a couple of guys hanging out and be like, oh, did you hear about, you know, Bob Huggins did this or that? And be like, I yeah. don't I don't know how reliable that and like that's the type of stuff. You know, you and I were in college when when Bob came back to the program and you'd hear stuff like that all the time. And, and you never knew, is, is this even a real a real thing? But what is real is that this is the second DUI of Bob's career, and it's the second one to end his time as the head coach of a program. And that is, you know, and I know you're, I consider you one of the uh, foremost experts in the area when it comes to kind of defining legacy. And now he has not one, but two of these that could potentially define his legacy. Is that going to be a weight around his neck going forward? It obviously is right now from the national perspective. I do hope, and a lot of times what does happen with legendary figures, unless it's really crazy, like O.J. Simpson or something like that, obviously, that as time goes by, wounds will be healed. And I do think, as people are even now that are WVU fans, will allow the Bob Huggins story to at least be written in multiple ways. So there's no deny, And that's why it's unfortunate that we're in this situation, because to be fair, the first DUI that we're talking about was from Cincinnati well over 20 years ago. We heard stories about Bob having fun, but as much as Bob had fun, and he's an adult, certainly within his right to drink beer, and even if you get drunk, he had a driver, which I thought was a mature decision that he had while we were in college. Okay, I have a guy I'm paying to drive me. I'm not going to get a DUI again. That's why I don't know how we're in this situation again. But that was over 20 years ago. He kind of got away from that perception. A lot of basketball experts, people in the community and just in the world have kind of appreciated Bob for what he did for the endowment for cancer research to honor his late mother. Charles Barkley came to Morgantown for that. Charles Barkley's not going to every campus in the country. He went there for Bob. I don't know if he's coming to WVU if Bob is not the head coach of the Mountaineers, to be honest. Any conference calls before any major event with people around the country and the Clark Kellogg's, etc., Jay Billis, Jay Wright, they all talk about loving Bob and doing things for WVU. Roy Williams coming to a game for Bob, not to check out WVU. Like, let's be honest, what Bob brought to the university and what he meant. And all of that kind of washed away the previous DUI. We kind of got, it's like a long time ago. Okay, Bob was younger. Like, he was in his late 40s or 50s then. Like, he, he matured. He grew up. And that's how what we thought we were. And now you get this. So I do think the Bob Huggins story will be written as Hall of Fame head coach that nobody can deny. Okay, the 900-plus wins, the multiple Final Fours. You're looking at, I believe, nine Sweet Sixteens. Um, you know, other, you know, a bunch of, I think, four Elite Eights. He won the Big East when it was historically great. They, they made movies about conference coach of the year, etc. Basketball Hall of Fame. Not Big 12, not WVU not Big East, not college, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. That's insane. That He's legit for all of that. And I think he'll be remembered as somebody who did it without ever being at a blue blood, building up programs in Cincinnati, resurrecting a Mountaineer program to remember the history and be back to what it was and have some of its greatest years and be one of the best coaches ever. However, I think we're also going to have people forever remember the multiple DUIs, Probably have people think Bob was a little bit of a drunk, to be honest, even though whether that's fair or not. And the personal will all be, always be in there. 
West Virginia fans may love him more than anybody else, but there's always going to be that tinge of the personal added on to everything else and how great he was as a head coach. It'll wash away a little bit as the years go by. But I, I think the second DUI ending, the WVU tenure, is going to make it not ever be totally forgotten. And it will be interesting, and we'll see what West Virginia does to honor him, because obviously the letters and the resignation and letting him resign instead of getting fired was all about appreciating Bob for his legacy. And they're trying to do the right thing, and I'm sure there'll still be the, the pictures on the wall and the banners, etc. Well, if this didn't happen, there were rumors there was going to be a statue someday. If this didn't happen, I heard there was going to be a, a putting his name on the court. It was going to be Bob Huggins' court at the WVU Coliseum whenever he did officially retire. Are those things happening again? Are those things happening now? Are we waiting 10, 20 years for those things? Do we wait until he's dead for those things? Do we get those things at all? And it would be a freaking shame <clears throat> if we don't get those things because to somebody who means so much to a college program as a head coach, as a Hall of Famer, those things are very customary. And now we don't know. Yeah. But no. there's two sides of the Bob Huggins story, unfortunately, now. You know, depending on how you how you feel about statues, if, listen, if, uh, what is it, is, is it Justin, uh, sorry, if Dustin uh, Brown can get a statue outside of uh, uh Whatever they're calling LA's arena now, where the Kings play. Uh, oh, they got a lot of yeah, they do, the, they do. But if if, if Dustin was, Brown, yeah, I feel like if Lakers, Dustin Brown can have a statue, a lot of statues out there. But yeah. not everyone puts as many statues up. As sure, I, I feel like by by that statue etiquette, Bob Huggins was probably due for a statue at Morgantown National yeah. Championship or not. And and Mike, one more thing I want to ask you about before I let you go: twenty one seasons, if you include the the Beeline years. Uh, that Mountaineer fans have essentially had total stability. Now, they may not have known it at the beginning of Beeline, but uh, total stability, essentially, for, for 21 seasons uh, in this program when you consider uh, what Beeline took over and then uh, Huggins really revving the engine and rebuilding the program multiple times over. Uh, and really, this program is is the spitting image of, of Bob Huggins' basketball in many ways. How much disarray would you say the athletic department is in right now, the program is in right now following uh, this just shocking turn of events over the weekend? Yeah, and you know, I was talking with somebody just last night about this, that, yeah, there's not been a national title, but there was the Final Four, there's been tons of postseason success, even if not as much in recent years. But in, for 20-plus years, West Virginia University has had nothing but Hall of Hall, look at Tom Beeline's resume in terms of what he did at WU in Michigan. Hall of Fame level head coach, like basketball Hall of Fame wise, for 20 plus years. I mean, Kentucky maybe is another one that's had that. Going from Tubby Smith, Rick Patino, Rick Patino before him, to obviously John Calipari, a little bit in the middle. North Carolina hasn't even had that. Like, a lot of Blue Bloods haven't even had that. Coach K, obviously, there at Duke, but that's one man. Two men for 20 plus years, Hall of Fame, nothing but. So that's gonna it's gonna be a, a different situation now for WVU. Likely right now there is turmoil, there is disarray. It's not that it can't be fixed. This is a, still a very good job. There's tons of history there. This is probably a top twenty basketball job in the country. There's tons of NIL money, whether it be football or basketball, and it's been used more in basketball so far recently. Certainly this off season, that's going to keep getting replenished. Even though a lot of it was there for Bob, there's a lot of rich people that are alums. That's a big deal in this day and age. And all of this, in terms of the future, is about do you go with somebody on the staff 
and try to keep these transfers, which is big, because if these transfers are there that brought brought in, people were saying Final Four. That's how good these transfers are. Or do you, if you're Ren Baker, you have football coming in the future. Do you not want to have every three months where you're in a national coaching search? He's already done this for women's, got football, got men's. If you do, you know, a one-year thing, you got foot, got basketball again. So do you bring in somebody new? Do you promote somebody from a lower level? You try to call John Beeline because his son has put it out there that if they call John Beeline, he thinks his dad would do it for a couple years. Now he's older than Bob. He's a Hall of Famer too. Obviously, he started it all. I think that would kind of be cool, honestly. I would make that phone call, but you don't know what's going on with these transfers. Even if you bring in Jay Wright or Hall of Famer, which I don't think Jay Wright's coming, obviously, they still might say, system-wise, whatever, what's the money situation. Like, they came for Bob as much as NAL and everything else. So it all depends on what these transfer players do. Most of them have said it's a wait-and-see approach to what the program does with the coach. I've heard reports that today eight of them are going to leave. That is not true from what I've heard. They're doing a wait-and-see. So we will see. If it's me, I probably would try to keep most of the staff intact. I'd love to see Dermar Johnson, who's a former NBA player, get a crack at things, but he doesn't have the resume as a coach, so it probably wouldn't be him, Ron Everhart, any of those guys. Do that for a year and then do a legit national search that you can say, we got Jerry West, we got, you know, top 20, we got Bob here, you know, previously was here, we got NIL, we are a major job, and then do a splash national search that football will probably do and get the guy for the next 10 years. Yeah. But if they rush it, because we're late in the offseason. Yeah, no, this is the timing is really bad. mess up this hire now, and they all hate the hire because they lose the current staff that only have two weeks left on their deals now. They could really mess this up. Yeah. No, the timing the timing is truly terrible. We'll have to leave it there, Mike, but I am quite confident we'll be talking about this uh, a lot, maybe even later uh, this week. You and I can can revisit this because there's, there's just so many things to unfurl out of this, but uh, we've got to hit a break. Mike, appreciate nope. it as always. Folks, uh, check out Mike on Twitter. Also has a uh, – uh, you have a, an editorial, an opinion piece up on uh, the site now. Uh, anything else you want to plug before I let you go? No, I'll actually put this out there so I can plug this. I have a one-on-one show with with Neil Brown coming up this week. Likely going to be Thursday. I may take it live. So feel free to find me on Twitter, message me, email me. I am willing to take some questions on what the fans want asked. If you can do it in a logical, <laughs> adult-like manner, <laughs> um, but that'll be pretty pretty big. So not many of us have got that one-on-one opportunity. I happen to offer that, so that that should happen sometime this week. Very good, thanks, Mike. We will talk with you soon. All right, no problem, man. See you. All right, guys, we got to hit this break. Joe Bracado is next. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.